everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I'm Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. We are sitting out on our porch at our house. You may hear the palm trees rustling in the breeze in the background. And Hopper playing with her ball oh in the God. background. She's got the giant snake right now, and so there may be squeaking soon. She's wound up today. <laughs> uh, so, happy post-Christmas, everybody. Happy Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, we had a pretty good Christmas. We were in paradise with the palm trees rustling in the background. And uh, we have, oh, she's got the snake. The snake was Vink's Christmas present. And uh, it's been a big hit. It's longer than Vink. It's six feet long. It's taller than me. <laughs> it's the world's biggest snake, and I'm very proud of it. Uh, so a bunch of people have asked where they could get it, and I got it at the Key West Pet Supermarket. So come to Key West to the Pet Supermarket, and you two can get yourself a six-foot snake. I'm sure they exist elsewhere, though. Not in nature. Mm -hmm. uh, there are snakes in nature way bigger than six feet. I don't feet. believe it. I think it's social media. <laughs> Uh, how's your Christmas, dear Dad? Good. I mean, who could complain when you're in the Keys? Indeed. About anything, really. So, uh, Vink, update, Vink is doing better. Her hot spots are no longer oozy or hot or bad smelling. They're all scabbed over. <laughs> she just looks like she had a bad haircut. Oh, I mean, she did have a bad haircut. Uh, and I keep hacking off knots and all kinds of other bits and pieces. Um... But I do want to extend thanks to an Instagram fan who is a dog groomer. So I got a few snarky messages like, well, Jen, uh, here's a basic guide on grooming in case you don't know how to take care of your dogs, because clearly you don't. And I was like, cool, fuck you, muted. <laughs> uh, like, this, did we do a disclaimer that this is going to contain strong language? I mean, strongly I, worded opinions. I've cursed on the podcast an awful lot. Uh, <laughs> I know how to brush my dogs. Thanks. And uh, I know that they need to be dried off, but when they're going into the water, like, every two hours, it's impossible to keep them dry. She and you can't towel dry Vink. Do you see how fluffy she is? You can't towel dry her. Can't get it that under... She's all undercoat, actually. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, I know how hot spots form and what they are and how to groom them. And it, shit happens anyway. So, uh, <laughs> I got a bunch of really unhelpful, kind of judgy advice, but really good advice from a professional pet groomer who's a fan of ours on Instagram who recommended that I buy a pet groomer dog dryer which I didn't even know was a thing and it looks like a little canister vacuum I thought it was like a like a car wash where the dog would walk through and get dry like, like a, a room box yeah <laughs> it was not no no it's like a a little canister that sits on the floor and it's got a tube that comes out it's way quieter than uh, a hair dryer and it doesn't get as hot as a hairdryer, so you can't burn them with it. Now, if Vink comes in wet and we give her, like, a rough toweling, it still takes about 40 minutes to get her 100% dry. Uh, That's extreme, perhaps. Yeah, we don't do the whole dog like that. Like, we towel as thoroughly as we can. But we got that thing, so I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I ordered it. And it was, like, 120 bucks. Like, it wasn't cheap. But there are some that are, you know, many hundreds of dollars. Uh, so this was seemed good. Maybe it was, like, 85 Anyway. We got it. I like had it overnighted down here and that was when she still like the hot spots were still active so it like oozes this kind of sticky stuff like you get when you scrape your knee or whatever and so their fur will never dry. You can't rub it dry and it's real the skin's really sensitive and raw. And so we got this thing and I like flipped her onto her back and I put the little attachment on the hose and like 5 minutes all that fur was dry. It was like in her armpits and on her chest. It was amazing. 
And now, after she swims, if she comes in and they towel her off and she stays damp for a while, I can just flip her over, like five minutes, have a dry vink. So that was an extremely helpful suggestion. Just as an aside, the flipping over, being flipped over on her back was the one thing Venk learned in puppy class. Oh, yeah. We used to <laughs> practice in puppy class, like flipping your dog over and like you kind of sit on the floor with your legs out and you put them between your legs and their head rests like on your tongue and you just stroke them. And It's really nice for the human. Yeah, it's really nice. The idea is that it teaches them like this is a way to be calm. So like if you're at the vet or they're getting their nails trimmed, like you can put them in this position and it's a thing that they've been trained is a calm, good thing. And Vink was great at it. Vink's such a couch potato. This was pretty good. The pretty other, easy. All the other dogs would be like squirming. You know, after a couple of minutes, they'd be like eh, eh, trying to get out and Vink would be like, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> I'm great. This is great. This is just a variation of what I do anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Vink's really good at that. And so she'll lay there real nice for me to get her all dry. Um, and then I later messaged with this person and she talked about like how you, you can actually cause mats with those because it makes like little floof tornadoes. And so you have to the, go just uh, in the, one direction. The, the, it's much stronger than a hairdryer. Yeah. And it's like it a little, real hard. it's kind of like a little bucket. We, it looks like a pig with a really, with the hairdryer attachment attached to the nose of the face of the pig. It's got, I mean, it looks much more like, if you just saw it, you'd think it was a vacuum. Like there's a big metal canister. True. I mean, medium sized metal canister. Yeah, if you flipped it, it would be a good vacuum. If you reverse it it's a good blower yeah yeah just got a long hose to separate the loud motor from the the vent so the, but the motor's, motor's not, not even that loud but as opposed to a hair yeah. dryer right where the motor's right in their ear when you're blowing yep yeah so there's both distance and increased quietness yeah uh which makes it better none of the dogs are scared of it so right. uh that was a, a great suggestion and other than that everything's going pretty well uh Hops is still swimming. Jasmine's kind of swimming. Fink is off and on swimming. The elevator, though, is broken. It's a. It, it was a major crunch in our lifestyle. Yeah. The uh, so you have to. Ha there's a door on the second floor and the first floor, and you have to have the door closed in order for the elevator to work. So you don't like walk in on the first floor when the <laughs> elevator's on the second floor and then get smooshed or yeah whatever. Uh, and so. There's some switch that knows when the door is closed and it's not working right on the first floor. Our poor elevator maintenance guy came out and he thought he had it all figured out. He worked for about an hour. He checked everything out. And then put all his stuff away in his van and tried it one more time and got stuck. And Ingo had to like go do the emergency <laughs> thing to let him out. So then he had to take all his stuff back out. But uh, It was somewhat satisfying because it was kind of blinky. Like it was working some of the time but not all the time. Yeah. And so it's kind of like when your car has an unexplained symptom syndrome and you take it in and it works perfectly in the garage. And, like, and the mechanics sounds... look at you like, you're an idiot. Did you not turn it on with the key or, you know, something <laughs> obvious? So the, the elevator guy came and, of course, it worked perfectly for him. Um, and then he troubleshot whatever he needed to and was like, oh, I fixed, you know, it wasn't even broken and then got stuck in it. <laughs> it was very satisfying, actually. Not, not it, nothing against him. He's a perfectly nice guy. But uh, the situation was good. Yep. So uh, that's like a, he told me like the replacement lock switch thing is like 500 bucks, but our elevator's under warranty. But he's like, but it's not going to be till after the new year because I'm taking off next week. <laughs> so this is very much how it works in the keys. Does he drive in from Miami? Is he the guy or is it, is it the plumber? Yeah, West it? Palm Beach. So, so he, he has to drive like an hour and a half, two, actually two and a half hours to get down It's kind of like having like a plumber come from New York to Washington, D.C. Yeah. or like 
South Bend to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. They uh, usually they there's a lot of people with elevators down here because all the houses have to be built elevated now. So lots of them have elevators, even just for groceries. If and there you know, are a lot of old people, people here. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, okay. Alert at the front door. We are waiting for furniture to come today, so... Should we check it out? Yeah, let's check it out. Okay, the furniture delivery guys are here, so good job, Vink. Hi, Drama and Vink. Correctly alerted us. Yeah. We like it when it's correct. So, uh, we're getting bedroom furniture today. We've been using... We were using cardboard boxes next to our mattress as end tables, and then we recently upgraded to $3 wooden crates that we found at uh, Home Depot. Those are some good crates, actually. They smell like pine. That's real nice. Yeah, that's uh, good. But we could use some proper furniture. I was thinking the, it was interesting that the the first furniture we had when we came here, right after the closing, um, was the patio furniture. It's outdoor yeah. furniture because yeah. the patio here is a bigger than your living room in your house and oh, way in bigger. Your house. Oh, hang on. Okay, this is gonna be an episode clearly filled with. Interruptions as the furniture guys do stuff. Stops and starts. Now our front door doesn't work. I mean, it opens. <laughs> there's a second, there's like double doors, and the second one should be openable, but it's not. Anyway, you're talking about the patio. Yeah, just like it's winter here, right? This is Christmas season, and we're spending a lot of time outside. Like 100% of the time. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be inside, just outside. Yeah. It's great. Uh, yeah, so anyway, life here, good. Christmas was good. Yeah. It's going to be nice to have furniture and drawers and none of our clothes and piles on the floor. Uh, yeah. So we have a bunch of listener questions this week. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take some of those. Year-end flood of listener questions. Yeah. Okay, question number one. Hi, GR Mom and GR Dad. My name is Stephanie, and I'm from Chicago. I'm trying to get more into running, so I was wondering, do you guys listen to music while you run? And if so, what is on your running playlist? Thank you very much. I could tell that you were from Chicago, Stephanie. You talk like all my family. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was subtle. Oh, it, I mean, it's not like uh, the bears. Don't get all self-conscious, Stephanie. No, no. <laughs> it's just wonderful. It's very familiar. It sounds like my family. Yeah. Dear uh, Dad, do you listen to music while you're running? <sighs> I occasionally do on training runs. Um, but not very often. I just sweat so much that the ear pods kind of float out, and <laughs> it's just a logistical thing. And then I can't get the thing queued up, and somehow I don't have the right app. So I haven't actually done it. And I, you know, and and I, I somewhat appreciate the kind of just letting my brain be totally in neutral, um, and like looking around, looking for deer, and and being in the in the moment more than than planning anything. So I. I have but usually don't yeah i never used to listen to anything when i would run and when i did my like first real 50k whatever you know that was like a year and a half ago uh and it was the, that race was like 90 degrees when we started at 7 a.m remember how hot that race was Ugh. and it was like on these really rudy and rocky trails and uh it was so humid it was so humid and i basically don't sweat as we have talked about i just glisten except in that race like i could wring my clothes out it was the only time in my life i have sweated like that and uh like, like me oh it was terrible and I, it was a, you know, 50K, so 31 miles, and I was about 20 miles in and totally hit the wall, which I usually don't do. 
and I had to call GR dad and talk to him for like two miles when I was walking and I was just like I feel so bad like I know I can finish this but I just feel terrible and uh, and then I was like well I've got my phone with me like in my you know we had bought that race we had bought a camelback I signed up for it kind of spur of the moment I had been running a bunch of regular marathons I didn't have a hydration pack and I bought one for that race like at REI the day before and uh, I'd never run with it before and I was running like in this little strappy tank top and the back of it was like Ugh. textured and but it rubbed on my skin and so I had these giant raw spots on both of my shoulder blades it looked like I liked to say like I was an angel that had my wings amputated. I just had these like, t oh my God, it was like three weeks of just these big scabs and raw spots. I'm running this race. I'm hot. I'm exhausted. I have these incredibly painful things on my back. Um, but I had my phone with me, which I never carried before. I would just go run and I'd have, I had shorts that had little pockets for gels if I needed them. And uh, I had my headphones. And so I listened to True Crime Garage podcast, like, five episodes of it. I don't know how I got that many in in that amount of time, but uh, that really saved me. And since then, for my long runs, and sometimes even for the short ones, uh, I listen to stuff. So I kind of don't listen to music in general. Like I don't listen to music on the radio. I'll occasionally find songs that I like and I'll play them now and then, but I'm not a big music listener. And so I don't like listening to music when I run, but I listen to podcasts and uh, audiobooks a lot. Like I just did Pet Cemetery by Stephen King, which I think I had read in like middle school. I've read pretty much all of his books. And, uh, but I like revisiting the ones that I haven't read since I was a kid. And this is one of those. So I listened to a bunch of it on the drive down here. And then I've probably run 20 miles listening to, uh, more than that, probably 30 miles listening to Pet Cemetery. Uh, and it's interesting because then I'll associate like parts of that story with places that I'm running. And so I'll like drive past a place and it will like remind me of part of <laughs> Pet Cemetery. It's <laughs> a real dark one, yeah. Um so yeah, podcasts for me. Um but I think, I think it's great. I think for your sixty two miler you ran you listened to like a whole book on tape. Oh, I listened for the hundred K, yeah, for the sixty two miler I listened to several. And I tend to prefer Stephen King or other like really good, engaging, plot-driven books. So I did uh, 1922, which is a novella of his, and Elevation, which is another novella of his, and something else. <laughs> uh, for the for my first 50 miler, I listened to an entire Michael Connelly novel, and then I still had like two hours to go <laughs> afterwards. Um, so yeah, I try to save like if there's a really good you know book by an author that I really like that's engaging like that, I'll try to save them for races so I kind of can do the whole book in the race. But yeah, so that's a good question. Yep. All right, next question. Hi, this is Emily from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I was wondering how you figured out that saying Vinkas of the Moon would make her go nuts. I was also wondering if saying anything else with an ooh noise would trigger her. For instance, would saying Kalamazoo work? <laughs> K-A-L-A-M-A-Z-O-O, -O, what a gal in Kalamazoo. <laughs> I love that song. I've listened to that song a bunch of times. I still think it's a funny name. It's just almost like made up, Kalamazoo. Think Kalamazoo! 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 Thank you for the face licks. Kalamazoo! Kalamazoo! 
take that as a yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's okay. Yes, it's just, it's in Michigan. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's good. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so Kalamazoo works, but not as well as the moon. No. And when she keeps yipping like that, that means she wants to do the moon. She's like, I need the release. I need the cathartic release of the moon. I need to shoot the moon. Uh, so uh, well, We started the moon just because she used to circle around hops when we came in and she or was us, saying like, hi. Your like, dad would come home and Vink would just like... She'd do orbits. Orbit around him, so we called her the moon. Yeah. And... Uh, I've been trying to get her to howl. I always wanted a dog to like do a proper like husky howl. <laughs> None of my dogs would ever do it. And then Vink, I was trying all kinds of different sounds and howling at her. And for some reason, the moon is what did it. Uh, but when we said Kalamazoo, she immediately got up and walked over because she's like, oh, it's time. But she, for some reason, really just needs the moon. Yeah. To do the full Same thing. Same howl sometimes sets her off. Too. Yeah, but then it'll do like the little barky thing. Yeah. But she didn't get the full on howl. You want the, not the yips, you want the howl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, thank you. Good question and, you know. Good experiment. Yeah. Science. <laughs> all right. Uh, question number three. Hi, this is Stacy from New Zealand. I'm such a big fan of the podcast and the snaps, and I got Twitter just so I could follow all of you guys. So thank you for being such a bright spot in some pretty bleak otherwise social media. I was wondering when you have a foster dog, is there any kind of like um, like tests or things that you always go through and check through to make sure that they're okay with? Like, do you do anything to check that they're okay with kids? Do you do anything to check that they're okay with like small dogs and big dogs and cats? Um, and I was also wondering if you could please give Queso some extra head rubs from me because I love her and she's my favorite, but don't tell the others. Okay, bye. So Queso literally right now is getting head rubs from GR Dad. She's standing here with her big, like, happy face, panting, getting her head rubbed. So. Yeah, that she otherwise wouldn't have gotten. So these are, yeah, these that's are only true. for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... I try to do as much as I can. We definitely check them for food aggression, so I'll like try to take their food away. Um, we've never had any problems with that, so I'll try to take their food away while they're eating, stick my hand in there. Uh, yeah, j I, just background, right? For the fosters, it's not like there's a test that they have to pass uh, yeah. to be fostered or adopted. This is really all, this is like data for whoever wants to adopt them, right? Because it's not supposed to be a trick where you... You, I, I don't want to test this dog with with kids, so good luck, you know, so it'll be easier to adopt them, right? Yeah. Or I won't tell them that they ate my cat because it'll be easier <laughs> to adopt for cat people. No, the whole idea is just to amass all this data. So it's not pass-fail. Maybe I'm oversensitive to this test thing, too, because I, I always try to, you know, win every test, and it really That's leads true. to bad blood pressure <laughs> readings in the doctor's office and things, because I'm like, I don't want to fail this test quote unquote yeah um yeah so you know we obviously don't have any kids i mean ingo's got a daughter but she does not live with us and uh so 18 year old doesn't count no, 18 pounds is adult um but even when she was younger you can kind of tell with how they are around uh around the other dogs that you know when you don't want them around little kids it's usually because like they're super rambunctious and will knock them over 
or they like growl a lot. We've had growly ones just totally play growling, but could definitely freak out some little kids or that like pull really hard. Or just jump on, try to jump on shoulders, right? Yeah, and yeah. And kids just falls over. So, so that's the kind of stuff that we think about. Or if they're really nervous, right? Um, like we've had some skittish ones and then you don't want kids who are going to just try to do whatever the hell they want with the dog. Yeah, it's not really a test of being with kids. It's a, a test of... Do loud, sudden noises startle them? <laughs> do do be you know being having their tail pulled on with no good reason startle them? Yeah. It's behaviors. Uh, and you know, obviously, they get tested with our dogs. We go on walks unless we get a foster that can't walk. Um, but you know, that lets them integrate with some other dogs, and you know, see who we walk past and meet other people, and so you get a good sense there. So we. It's not a standard battery of tests. No, there's a, like, we have to fill out the paperwork to adopt one of our dogs for us and the adopters is extensive. It's probably 20 pages. And I have to fill out, like, a two or three page behavioral thing that asks, like, how is the dog with cats? And, like, I just mark unknown because I cannot be in the presence of cats. Can we talk, by the way, about my cat experience that we had here? Yes. All right, so the lady who owned this house in the Keys before us had at least one cat. And the cat was all over everything. And we've talked about trying to clean up after the cat. So this week, I took down the blinds in our bedroom. She had these ugly vertical blinds in there, which I hate. <laughs> and hers were especially ugly. And uh, I had ordered like some bamboo shades to replace it. So I'm taking down the vertical blinds. And, and this is after a week in the house. Right? We've been in the, yeah, been in the house for a week. And it's a really simple thing. Like there's little kind of brackety things you just pop off, lay them down. And then, like, you unscrew two screws to take the little valence thing off on top of them. Uh, but there's cat all over those vertical blinds. And so I got them all down. And then, like, my throat starts itching. My sinuses start itching. My eyes were, like, they get so itchy. And, uh, like, the whites of my eyes will swell up. And then they get sticky and you can't rub them. I start wheezing, sneezing all the time. And so... Dear dad had to actually finish. I'm like, you're going to have to take these out and like throw them away because like I can't even be in contact with them. He took a shower, took some medicine. Uh, but it was three days, I think, before I was kind of back to normal just from taking down those vertical blinds that had cat all over them. She's not exaggerating when she says she's allergic to cats. I am intensely allergic to cats. Uh, I think they're nice and like i would like to pet somebody's cat when it walks up to me but it literally was three days like i woke up the next day and like my eyes were all swollen like my face hurt uh my sinuses hurt it was terrible so we never get to test the dogs with cats uh sometimes they come from places where they lived with cats and so you know that they're okay with them but you just tell the people unknown and you do take the foster dog to visit the house of the people that they're going to live with so you can see how they are with their cats and dogs and family and whatever. Yeah, and do they rush out the door when you open them? Do they jump over fences? Yeah, do, do there's they some pull safety on things? Pull on leashes. Can they walk yeah. on stairs? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we kind of look for all of that as much as you can, and then kind of make your best guess otherwise. Yeah, but the the food one is that you, one you wouldn't always think about, right? If you take yeah. their food away, do they bite your hand? Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be bad, or that, but at least to be known, right? To yeah. be known. Yep. Yeah, but there's some that are food aggressive, and uh, so then you try to find them a 
very experienced home with people who know how to deal with that or you work with them before they get adopted out and I tend not to take dogs that have serious behavioral issues because it's just like I don't have the time or the kind of energy to deal with that like it really stresses me out we have some people who are great at it and they'll spend you know four months working with a dog uh, to try to yeah for us I mean it is super important that the other five get along with the foster and the other way around because we've had some fosters who didn't get along with the the local dogs and it was super super stressful it's very stressful yeah i mean for, it didn't get along they were you know they were super stressed because they were fosters but they they manifested it by being kind of grumbly yeah okay question number four hi jen ingo and girls this is burgundy from oklahoma i have a two-part question for y'all the first part being if the girls could tell you their new year's resolutions what would they be And the second part being, as pet parents, especially of five precious, if I say so myself, dogs, do you have any New Year's resolutions that pertain to pet parenting or for the girls themselves? Thanks and Happy New Year. Timely question. Yes, yes, it's good. I mean, I I just saw a tweet that said, uh, in 2019, I'm not going to do anything different. Because I'm not the problem. (laughs) That's too glib. There's more to it than that. I got to say, I mean, I I will make, I don't make like straight up New Year's resolutions, but I like to kind of do a revisiting of things and like set some goals at the new year. But frankly, and I don't mean to be morbid, most of these dogs could die any day. And I try very hard to live every day going like, let's just imagine that Jasmine has two weeks to go. What would I want to do with her? And, uh, I try to treat all the dogs like that. Like basically I got two weeks with them. What can I do for them in those two weeks? And I know that they actually have quite a bit longer than that, but I, I act like they're could go any day cause they could. And, uh, and I think that's working out pretty well. That's, so. This must be the origin of the waffles too. Yeah. They're going to die. They don't get that long. They can have freaking waffles. No. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I don't really have any resolutions. Just keep, doing the thing i think it's working well what would the dog's resolutions be oh god they don't plan (laughs) like vink literally will stand up and be like i'm not sure what i'm doing now but i felt the urge she finds herself on the on the bed sometimes and looks around and goes i guess i'm i don't know i'm gonna chew on the bed now yeah uh but i will say weight loss common new year's goal and we have not talked about how great the weight loss has been uh we don't have the scale down here so i can't weigh everybody but both Maggie and Vink looking real svelte. You can feel Maggie's ribs, Vink. Yeah. You can feel your ribs. Uh, Keso's Maggie... going up and down the stairs, too, so I think she's not heavy. Yeah, and she's just, she's got so much arthritis and she's a big girl, but uh, the weight loss has gone very well for Vink. So Vinkman weight loss is. Wednesday. She yeah. jumps up on the bed now without needing a boost, which yeah. is both startling and nice. Yep, she still likes the boost sometimes. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the weight loss is working. It has taken a very long time, but we've got Vink. She could still lose a few, but like I rubbing her right now can feel the ribs, which we could not do when we started. Um, and Maggie, especially, she's so weird shaped. People think she's fat, but she's actually quite skinny. At she's this like point. a Dr. Seuss figure, but less now. Yeah, she's got a lot of extra fur and a lot of loose skin, but uh, she's pretty svelte. So. I think Queso's New Year's resolution is to give you a face lick, but she's going to keep it a secret. Queso, I would especially love to have your face lick. Yeah, if I had a New Year's resolution, it would be get Queso to give me a face lick. (laughs) But really, that depends on her. I'm not the problem. 
<laughs> I mean, I may be the problem to her, but I'm not the, it's not my resistance that's causing the issue there. Uh, okay, one last question. Hi, JR Mom and JR Dad. My name is Rhiannon, and I'm here with my Siberian Husky, Nikki. A few weeks ago, my mom called to tell me that Nikki wasn't doing well. Nikki is 10, and I had legitimate fear that this was the end and that she had some disease and was just shutting down. Fortunately, when the specialist did the ultrasound, he found the problem was that Nikki had eaten a toy or foreign object. So now three weeks post-surgery, Nikki is her usual energetic food-loving self again and will continue to be the good dog that does bad things for a few more great years, I think. So after that not-so-quick story, my question, inspired unfortunately by these terrifying few weeks, is how do you cope with losing a dog and the awareness of their mortality and how have you found it different when you were in school versus now and going from having only one dog to multiple? So we haven't had any die since we've had so many. Correct. We, we had a few fosters, I think two fosters, one foster who had the, we, no, you adopted her and then two Goldie. days later. Goldie, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I adopted her after two weeks of fostering and then she died two days later. Um, but, you know, that's different because it's a dog that I... You know, I loved her, but I had not bonded with her like the other ones. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but I don't think it's like, oh, it's only one out of five. And so it hurts only 20% as much. Like it sucks uh, losing a dog. And it hasn't mattered to me the difference between being in school and not. It sucks losing dogs. And uh, I got like people sometimes ask for advice when their dog is dying or has died and it's like I got none like it just sucks you're just gonna cry and you're gonna feel bad and nothing will make that feel better is terrible yeah the only the only thing about having five is that there will always be four living beings around who don't feel the sense of loss as as the same way so yeah. they won't be as devastated and they'll still have needs and it's a good sort of distraction or motivation to keep on going and not mm -hmm. totally you don't have too much time to dwell on on the loss, right? So it's, uh, you know, I don't think it's better, but it's a little bit different. It, maybe you postpone dealing with it that way, which may not be a good thing either. But having having more is at least distracting all the time. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you're not coming home to an empty house with no dog that used I mean, to have your, a dog. Your dad's strategy was always to just get a, right, a new puppy right I away. I think that's a lot of people's strategy. Like the dog dies and you, like that day you go get another puppy. Um, and that's what my dad's strategy was, and that's what my dad did. And uh, He started it, anticipating, though, which I think is a bit morbid. Not that the old dog knew it. Whoa, there's just some <laughs> sounds in there. Um, Didn't he buy a puppy once before the old dog was, was gone? Yeah, I mean, I actually think that's a better strategy, where it's like, okay, this old dog doesn't have a lot of time left, so let's get a puppy and start introducing. Like, but I like that better than, like, all right, the dog died this morning, and now there's a puppy here tonight. It feels awfully, yeah, disposable. Yeah, or, or, and it, I know it was fungible, just, right, it was to get a, the new one. How he coped, and that's fine. I think it was not how my mom coped, though. Mom listens to the podcast, so she can correct me. But I think she would like some more morning time, and uh, but she always she's the one who takes care of all the new puppies, mostly does the housebreaking, does yeah. the everything. So uh, anyway, 
Yeah, I got no good advice. It sucks, and you're just going to mourn and, like, let yourself feel bad for as long as you do. And You kind of try not to dwell on it ahead of time, right? Don't make it worse by by thinking about it for years because you can't yes, prepare. that's right. You just give them what you can in the time that they have and go with it. Yeah, try. we wouldn't treat them differently. We, you know, Schmieg has some... Issues that could, was supposed to be dead by now. She was supposed to be dead by now. So, but that hasn't led her led us to really treat her differently. And there's not much we can we can't really ratchet up the love to nope, any other it level. It's a lot. Um, and so you sort of treat them the same. You just you feel sad, but what are you going to do? They're they're the least affected by it. Yeah. Um. Good. So there you go. That's our question and answer slash life update. Yeah. Thanks for all the questions. Last podcast of 2018. Uh, Jared is leaving the keys, idiot. I got to work, uh, man. January 1st. Uh, so I'm going to be down here by myself. So you may get either a GR Mom only podcast or a remote GR Dad and GR Mom podcast. Keep these girls in carrots. Yeah. I got to finance the waffles. Mm hmm. <laughs> so we were, our plan was and sort of still is, Jared Dad's going back for a couple weeks and he's coming back down here for a couple weeks. We're doing the road trip in reverse back to DC on uh, January 27th. And I'm like, but I can come back down in February, <laughs> like after I do some stuff on campus. Uh, so who knows? I may just encamp here until May when it's nice again. I can't do that, but uh, it'd be nice. I don't want to leave. I'm already thinking like, oh, I have to leave in a month. I really don't want to leave. <laughs> so I'm just going to come back and keep coming back. That's, uh, that is the long-term plan. Yeah. Well, yeah, very long-term plan. Take the Florida bar. If anyone has passed the Florida bar and has advice for JR Dad, you can send us an email. To, send me the, the cheat code. Uh, the golden ratio for gmail.com. All Florida bar advice or recordings of your own questions are welcome. <laughs> uh, you got a New Year's related German word of the week for everybody? Oh. Well, we used to do Bleigießen every New Year's Eve. That's a big German thing where you, it's it's lead pouring, lead smelting, where you melt some lead at the table. Or like after you have dinner, you melt some lead and you drop it in water. And the shape is supposed to foretell things about the next year. Oh, my God. Bleigießen. And then it turned into Zingießen which I think is less harmful than lead. <laughs> melting, melting wax? No, tin. Tin. Uh, or zinc, I think. It's zinc, I think. Huh. Um, but anyway, you melt the metal and drop it into water and check it out. And then you have table fireworks. And there was a lot of chemicals and <laughs> fire hazards. It was a very unsafe New Year's Eve celebration in Germany. But there are a lot of little traditions like that in germany around new year's eve and that's that's where you have fire fireworks there i mean all over the place uh fireworks not they don't have a fourth of july so they do it all on yeah. new year's eve to welcome in the new year so everyone stays up till midnight to set up fireworks and then everyone drunk dials each other at about three in the morning and yells at each other happy new year happy new year i wish oh you had happy new year but it's good. <laughs> it's a big fest. <laughs> they do fireworks here on New Year's. Remember last year? Our, yes, like yes, they're yes, good yes. fireworks shows. Um, well, here they drop the wench. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They drop a wench off a pirate ship. They lower mast. her. Yeah, to she be lower. fair, lower her on a rope. They also lower a drag queen in a big giant red shoe. Yes, that is uh, very key. Down West. a pole. That's right. That's we'll right. we'll probably have that on the snaps. We were. I don't think we're going to stay till midnight in Key West. We haven't decided, but we'll be in Key West and we'll show you footage of the 
shoe and everything. Shenanigans. Yeah. Um, all right. Don't please don't melt any metal in your house. I, we're gonna get sued. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. Don't do that. Bleigießen. There's your word of the day. Don't do that at home. <laughs> um, okay. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye.